there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2020 New Orleans Saints season is almost here. For this season, join the best Saints fan community in the world. Saints Happy Hour. Connecting you with the most passionate Saints fans around for only 10 bucks a month. Come have fun and laugh with us. Get the Saints Happy Hour booze bundle as a welcome gift. Featuring four limited edition collector swag items not available in any stores. You'll also get members only access to the best Saints podcast every day completely ad-free and exclusive access to the Saints Happy Hour private Discord chat room where you can talk Saints football with our community members 24-7 and get access to special giveaways and prizes. Make 2020 Saints football more fun by joining Saints Happy Hour. Go to saintshappyhour.com. That's saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's a Wednesday. That means it's guest time. Andrew got a fantastic guest, but I'm going to tell both of y'all, if y'all start talking tennis, I am just going to play Jim Mora sound bites over you repeatedly. That is stupid. Wake up. Well, we got Larry Holder from The Athletic. Larry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, I guess I won't mention that I looked up Andrew's tennis rating and results uh, before I came on this podcast over the last few years on on the USTA website. I won't mention I did that. Oh, God. How how is that looking? I'm I'm curious. Uh, Pretty good for Andrew, who, uh, you know, know, he's claimed that I've ducked him for years. Maybe I have after seeing that. So I I might need to keep ducking away. Yeah, he just well, he just now, builds now's it. as good of a time to play me as any, Larry. Well, he, what's going on? Anybody that <laughs> listens to this podcast knows Andrew's rate, rankings through tennis is all built on a house of sand, and that house is just him humiliating fifty-year-old women repeatedly. That's where his rankings are built. It's true. I'm just glad I've hit forty, and so I can play in the forties now. That is like my <laughs> saving grace. Once they think we ever get started here uh, after uh, COVID is uh, well, after we sift through COVID because it's not well, going anywhere right this that, second. That's my question, Larry. How are you surviving? Uh, how are you and your Bama, Bama Bangs and everything? How are they surviving the the Rona as it we just drags on with no end in sight? Well, I'm literally standing outside, uh, diving away from my kids who have been home for what since March, and so yeah. Look, it's certainly been. Uh, an interesting time, even professionally, uh, just with uh, becoming, uh, you know, you're a sports site. People subscribe to The Athletic and 
And when sports aren't around, it's become <laughs> an interesting challenge for not just me, but for certainly people uh, within our company. And so, uh, look, I, I feel like I've I've been as creative as I can. I, I've still got some more creativity coming, but I do feel like at least as we're getting into July, that we will have Saints to talk about. Like after I'm done, uh, the, uh, the article that I kind of put out on, on Twitter that I was working on that I'm sure we might touch on about local sports radio, I've got like five or six stories in a row where I've like kind of held on to them to like lead up to what we assume will be training camp. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and actually watching a little bit of training camp, which will be still on a limited basis and preparing as if we will be having this season. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about that, Larry. So I, I want to just touch on COVID real quick as it relates to the football season. And we've already had two preseason games get canceled. Uh, it looks as though the NFL NFLPA is pushing for two other preseason games to get canned so that we, I guess, go straight to week one of the regular season. Uh, but I'm curious, and this, I guess you can either speak of what you're hearing behind the scenes or just your gut feeling, but I'm just curious how do you see this season playing out? Do you think we'll have 16 games? What, what, what's your gut on if and any fans will have and all that? I think my gut changes by the day, which uh, I feel like it's hard to really get a good sense because things could change. I, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere along the line, like this is just me. I don't obviously I don't know if this is going to happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if there would be some sort of game stoppage because, uh, like, a team comes down, 20 players come down with COVID, like, at once. You know, because even the cold or the flu spreads in a locker room. Sure, you can, you can handle it, but you're not having to be quarantined. So I'm almost preparing myself as if something like that were to happen. Well so... Uh, you know, certainly, but who knows? Like, I feel like uh, I want to be optimistic and say, all right, they're going to go 16 games and they're just going to push through. But, you know, there are going to be some challenges that we don't know. Like, so what if, what if, say, come game day, this whole Saints quarterback room tests positive and you got no quarterback? Like, there's no contingency plan for that. And so, you know, I'm expecting the mega unexpected uh, well, as we go going into the season. Larry, my theory, and I've said this repeatedly on the show and, and Twitter and everywhere, is my theory is the only thing the NFL has going for it that other sports don't is they haven't started yet. So the NFL has the we can delay, delay, delay card, and they can delay, delay, shorten it, and give us something, right, and, and try to just wait for the worst of it to pass. But you look around – you know, not to be political, the country's kind of a mess right now. I think they're – I keep going back to 1982, Larry. The NFL, they had an eight-week strike and did a nine-game season and playoffs and, and, and uh, took 16 of the 28 teams in the playoffs. So I just believe the NFL is going to give us something. It might be really weird and compact and strange, but they're going to give us they're going to give us football between now and the end of February. They're going to give us something. I that's my belief. I just I'm not sure what it oh, looks I, like. I, I believe you. No, no, I'm with you. I, I think they will get something uh, for sure. And uh, but what that something is, 
they can't tell you. So, I mean, all we could do is talk and speculate and kind of prepare what, what our gut says because the virus makes the plans, not the league, not anything <laughs> else. The virus makes the plans until humanity can come up with some sort of vaccine. And so you've got to be able to pivot. But like you said, we've seen the NFL – uh, be flexible in the past. Uh, let's see, in 87, when they had a strike, they lost the game, but still had replacement players. But, but you know, we're seeing different formats in the NBA. We're seeing different formats in Major League Baseball. And those could change, even though we're... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Coming up, so at least this NFL will have some sort of test case. They're not going to be the guinea pig uh, per se here. But look, I'm expecting some sort of disruption uh, just because, uh, you know, I'm preparing for the worst. You can't, like, that's that's all I'm doing. But I'm with you uh, in that there will be football, but look, they might have to change at some point. Like, it, it, we just don't know. And I think there's less, uh, there's less predictability in college football uh, because, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily have the, uh, the, the wiggle room to, uh, to play with uh, as much as say maybe the NFL. And so like, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something that we can think we know, but who knows, we might not know a week before say week six. And then all of a sudden, Oh my gosh, there's this outbreak. And then you've got to, you've got to switch course or a team comes down with something and like a game is canceled for a certain team who knows we'll get back to the show in just a second there is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at betonline.ag the sports world is slowly making its way back with the nba announcing its return in late july but right now ufc boxing nascar and international soccer all have resumed play and bet online has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches you need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devote gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline AG on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So if all that's true, Larry... 
Would you? I, I'm actually going to make the claim. So, you know, the narrative out there has been that there is a big time advantage to a team like the Saints that have continuity, same coach, same system for a long time, same quarterback. And so a veteran roster that's established. And so when you look at all those things in, in tandem, they're in a much better place than, say, a team like the Bucks that have a new quarterback or, you know, say a, a team that has a new head coach or a new system altogether. No OTAs, no rookie mini camps to kind of implement some of the stuff, less preseason games, maybe none. So the narrative has been that it's an advantage for the established teams. But is there a counter argument to that? And I'm curious about your thoughts on this, that if things are so highly variable, when you have your established teams that are expected to do well, but so many curveballs can be thrown, is it not an advantage to teams like the Cleveland Browns or just just any team, that, the Cincinnati Bengals, where you know, they may be a heavy underdog, but boom, your quarterback room gets hit with COVID and you've got to bring a guy off from the practice squad because he's the only guy that hasn't been exposed and he's starting. And all of a sudden, the the playing field is completely leveled when the Cincinnati Bengals come into town. I can see that argument being a, a valid one. Also, you don't know what's coming. Say, like, say the Panthers have no preseason games, and uh, you, you know, you have Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Brady, and it's completely new. But you're a team trying to prepare for the Carolina Panthers, and you have no idea what to expect. Uh, maybe you understand the Saints' offense, but you don't know what to expect. But like, I still lean more towards. Boy, if you're a veteran team and you have an established roster, you're not curious about 20 roster spots. Like you, all you're going to be able to go on, say, if uh, Andrew, if you're losing the other two preseason games, all you're gauging on is practice. You don't have a really firm evaluation of your roster, and you're just doing it on the practice field, this, that, and the other. And so, you know, I still lean more toward the argument that the established teams certainly have an advantage. But there's definitely teams where, you know, and we see this every year, even with, uh, you know, unestablished rosters, maybe a team jumps up and surprises you. Uh, So, I mean, that could certainly be the case. But I would put those teams more in the category of, like, a Tom Brady with the Bucs, which we expect them to be good anyway. But maybe, like, a Carolina team, uh, with at least a, a, a quarterback that's been in the NFL, uh, you know, as opposed to, say, a Cincinnati where Joe Burrow's never stepped foot in the NFL. Personally, I want Joe Burrow to be incredible. But, you know, I, you know, I think it leans more toward an advantage of, like, a Phillip Rivers-led Indianapolis team or a Teddy Bridgewater-led quarterback-wise team as opposed to a rookie quarterback or a younger quarterback who hasn't played as much football. Larry, does it, you know, and, and Andrew's talked about this on the podcast, is do you think teams are going to be more likely, because they'll have less preseason games, maybe probably none, because the NFLPA says they don't want games. I think the owners will probably cave to them there. With no games and only practice, do you think coaches are going to lean more on their assumptions of what they have because you're not going to have actual preseason games where you can say, oh, Shy Tuttle, 
really kicked ass in two preseason games, and we know he's clearly better than what we thought. And guys are going to have less chance to make the roster, and coaches are just going to have to go on, well, we think this is, this is what it's going to be, and they're just not going to have enough sort of data or film to make the right evaluations. There's no doubt they're going to have to lean on what they know more than ever. Like, JT Gray makes the team because of special teams. I mean, he's not making the team because of special teams in practice. I mean, he's making plays in preseason games and people like that. Like, this is a brutal indoctrination to the league for late-round picks, uh, undrafted rookies, uh, veterans who are signing one-year deals trying to make teams – this is the worst climate. It's, it's going to be worse than in 2011 when you had a lockout uh, and, uh, you know, very few undrafted rookies. I can remember only one made the team, Isa abdul Kadus. Why I remember that, I have no idea. It was so <laughs> rare because in 2011 and that Saints team, though, they were a very good team. Even leaving 2010, they were still very good. Got some veteran pieces in that they knew would play well and – we're one of the best teams in the NFL, arguably the best team in the NFL that season with a, a lack of an offseason, a, a normal offseason. I mean, that year, uh, the draft and free agency was flipped, if you remember. And so, That's right. You know, so, yeah, and so it's definitely you lean on more what you know. And, uh, you, know, you know, but now here's the thing. They might expand rosters, so you could probably gamble a little bit, I think, on some guys – uh, that you might not feel good about, but like if you have an extended roster, you might see some of these more unknown guys make it, and that could change as we go. We, it was already going to be expanded to each week you would have 55 because you could bring two th- two guys up off the practice squad, but maybe they make alterations. Uh, 53-man roster might jump to 60. Uh, practice squad might grow because of the uh, caution uh, for, uh, for COVID-19. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you think about, you know, and and then the flip side of that is that, you know, I've heard they're considering instead of bringing 90 guys to training camp, they may only bring 85 or 80 or 75. And if that's the case, I mean, think back to a year ago, would Shai Tuttle and Deontay Harris, would they have made, if you were right at the beginning of, of just coming into camp, would those guys have been on that list of 10 people cut? Because yeah, Deontay Harris is 5'6", and Shai Tuttle is you know, a guy that didn't do much at Tennessee, or are those maybe the first two guys off your team when you don't get a chance to evaluate them? So, you know, I could see that work in both ways, which is, it's like you said, Larry, it's such a fluid situation. Uh, but I, I want to ask you about your article that you're working on. Um, so, you know, the competitive landscape of, of radio in New Orleans is is kind of an enigma to me, and, and it's like nothing else. And I know you, you told us uh, right before we went on the air that, uh, it's it's been a beast to kind of work through, and, and you've gotten tons of great quotes from great personalities. But give us a little insight into how that article is going and, and kind of uh, what, what the thinking is behind it. Yeah, I told you guys. Uh, and, yeah, I'm in the midst of this article. I'm, still, I'm trying, to, <laughs> trying to write it. And uh, it, this is definitely the most uh, – uh, it, it's funny, the most kind of attention. And usually when you're a writer, you don't put out, hey, I'm writing about this because someone might come and steal it from you. But – Having me lived through a couple of radio stints and seeing how this thing works, uh, you know, it, it, I had no problem saying I, I know I have more information and, you know, contacts and this, that, and the other. So and I just wanted public reaction because it's it's really yeah. prevalent. Like people want to read this article 
And that's why I'm, I'm going as deep as I can, because I want to make sure I tell the right story. But here's the thing. I don't it's hard to know what the right story is, because the, the radio market uh, here in New Orleans is WWL really and everyone else. It's well, that's that's a lot of the conclusion right now is especially in New Orleans, that it is hard to compete viably with WWL and Ralph, you know, you know this, uh, and, and yet, you know, people try it and it's not all sports. And here's the thing. It's like, wow, how can, you know, that station only do all sports or how much do they value sports this, that, and the other while they spend a ton of money on the saints and a ton of money on LSU to buy their rights. And, And they put in the most critical advertising spot, WWL puts sports talk from four to eight drive time so that shows you how important and how much people want to listen to sports but that's one show like they're an established brand how does a a brand come in and compete with them and this is on the kind of the premise that sports 1280 uh, uh, station where i helped do uh, a relaunch back in 2017 that format has died and flipped uh and this happened last monday and so that's kind of the crux of where I was like, look, I think it's time somebody wrote about this and dig in. And, you know, uh, and you look at a station like ESPN New Orleans and they are the Pelicans flagship station. So their strategy is they've got shows in Baton Rouge. They've got uh, Jordy Collada and T-Bob in the morning and Matt was going in the afternoon and they're trying to they, have a fighter's chance just in the market. Look, they understand that WWL is Saints. And it's not like they're not going to talk about Saints, but Pelicans, Baton Rouge, they have really good shows from LSU. So they are trying to attack it in a different style than what I've, like we really haven't seen before. And also, it's a lot of corporate versus local. I mean, ESPN Baton Rouge is a monster. They're modeled. They're ahead of the game. They're doing digital. They're on TV. They're doing yeah. all this stuff. And so they are really doing right. They're as in the midst of me reading article, they expanded. Like their lineup has exhausted shows, added new shows since I've even started. Well, the thing is, revisited even like that. Go ahead. No, I'm the, my thing with New Orleans is I feel like, and it's a benefit. <laughs> it's a benefit to us in this podcast. Is I feel like until. The the you know Moscona and T Bob and those show and those shows came into New Orleans. They weren't really tr- even attempting to get people that were under thirty five, you know. And now they're making an attempt. And but WWL like they're so do- people don't understand. WWL is so dominant. They don't have to do anything. Like they they just they've always been. The, the question with them is how much bigger are their ratings going to be? When I was there and they had Buddy D, they were just massively in front of everyone. I mean, th- for God's sakes, they did 22 minutes of commercials an hour for Buddy D's show. Why? Because people paid for them. So I don't know how far they are ahead still now with their lineup, but they're just, they're just like it, – it's it's hard to, to explain to people just the, the overwhelming – just behemoth that is WWL and how hard it is just to get into New Orleans and, and just like forget about like thriving, just like making a foothold on the beach, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. And a lot of people I talk to, you know, the, I, I've even asked them, 
Do you think Intercom, who owns WWL, it's like, do they even want an all-sports station? And they're like, well, no. They'd be robbing Peter to pay Paul, and there's no point, and no one's going to invest the time and the money in New Orleans to make a push, whether if it's corporate radio, like iHeartMedia or Cumulus, or if it's a local ownership group like Guarantee Media has four stations in Baton Rouge. One of them is Eagle 98.1. They air the LSU football games. One of them is ESPN Baton Rouge. And, you know, you need someone like that who has heavy pockets and wants to either buy LSU or buy the Saints, the rights to air those games. And then it gives you a chance. Like, and so, but look, WWL knows that. So they're willing to pay because that's their cash cow. I mean, that drives the whole station. You know, it's not uh, like, the morning show like you know it, it's that's what drives the station and people are attracted to that and so they have uh, if it works why should they change like i don't blame them for being the same hey let's talk to johnny and chalmette 50 times a week i mean <laughs> if people listen and people buy ads they have no motivation to change no. but like like and so your point is like at least espn new orleans and baton rouge they have younger hosts, uh, you know, they have some older veterans for sure, but they have younger hosts and drive time. So they're trying to cater to that. It works big time in Baton Rouge. It works a little in New Orleans. It helps keep that station going. But, you know, if people, if it's the same thing, same thing, same thing, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, there's no reason for them to change. I'm not faulting them there for that. I mean, and we, and, but you're right. You guys who do a really innovative podcast and, you know, or sharp and funny and this, that, and the other, and you can kind of say what you want. Look, that does, there is a market for that. Like, I'm sure you guys have noticed that. Like, people draw to that, and you're drawing to the bigger crowd. Uh, but, you know, still, companies know that people listen to WWL, and they will spend their money there and uh, on advertising. And, obviously, people listen and, and go buy hamburger and wherever the hell they're, <laughs> they're advertising and things like that. Do you think that it's kind of settled that that's the way it is and always will be? Or do you think there's a competitive landscape in the future where that you could see something changing? I Look, I thought I could have seen a, a change when I started the sports hangover with Gus Cattengill in 2010. That's on, a great show. On 690. Look, that was one of the funnest times of my life. Like, that was I, fun. I really, I really enjoyed that show. I listened back. Some of the things we said, I don't know if you necessarily can get away with uh, <laughs> as much as, <laughs> as much as you used to. I mean, it, it was some of the stuff we did was crazy. Like, like Joe Cardosi, like imitating Jeremy Shockey and he's an idiot. And like, just all the like it, some of the things we would do were, were like made me like pee my pants laughing when you go back and listen to them. But, but yeah, look, you know, I, I think as I've done this and as I've done two stints of radio, uh, because I was on, like I said, the, the original lineup uh, for 1280 with myself and Jeff Duncan. And, uh, you know, we weren't even driving our own ship then. That was a times pick driven thing. And, and honestly, I didn't even want to go to 1280. I wanted to go to 100.3 and I got vetoed. And so that's where we ended up. And so uh, it was, uh, you know, it will take someone who, is willing to spend a lot of money. I'm talking like millions and not see an, an immediate return on your profits, but you want this to work. Like you have to spend money on show hosts, not make them buy airtime 
and shop their own ads. Like you, you limit your audience, you limit the talent pool immediately. Like, uh, look, I'm this may be a. Hey, I might sound arrogant, whatever. I'm not buying airtime to go on the radio. I, I'm, I will go, I will do a radio no. show if someone pays me. Oh my God, men, start taking notes. Because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower too. Oh, one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. You need to try this out yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. Your balls will thank you. No, what like supposed to be not in not in 2020. Why would why would I buy it? I can I can I can set up a podcast, (laughs) especially if you have a if you have a built in following. But um, Larry, I know it feels like a thousand years ago. But before we get into Drew Brees and, and his offseason, the Saints offseason, it feels like it's a thousand years ago, but it's it was pretty amazing, right? They we, we wanted them to get a receiver. We've been screaming for it. They got Emmanuel Sanders. They brought back Malcolm Jenkins. Um, you know, they had a good draft. They did Mickey Loomis type stuff where they traded they they as 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 Andrew said, they pulled a mini Ditka, traded all the picks to get Troutman. They drafted a center. Um, is this is this Saints roster the best roster in team history? Oh, I will say I will preface this by I I made that claim once, <laughs> and it was before the 2014 season. Me and Archie Manning can live in infamy sitting in like the in the corner with the dunce cap on. So before I say before I go into that, uh, I would say, boy, I would say 2018, I felt the best about like, I think this team is going to be a really good team. But I think that 2018 team, I felt really good about, uh, you know, 2019, I felt like they made some pieces. But I do feel like yeah. when you look at the overall scope, uh, you know, they've they've lacked some receiver help for a couple of years and they went and got to me the perfect complement within this uh, in the free agency where they didn't have to spend a veteran who can come in, especially now. Boy, you look back at it. Emmanuel Sanders can just come in and play like it, it's you know, he can play with a veteran. Great quarterback did it with Ben Roethlisberger, did it with Peyton Manning. Like that is the perfect setup, especially with a lack of an offseason for the Saints to have 
And, you know, on a good day, he could be, you know, I'm not going to say right anymore, but on a good day in his prime, he was a number one guy. Uh, so, you know, you add him and that immediately says, okay, if we pay too much attention to Mike Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders could beat us. Like you couldn't have said that about anybody else in the last two years, as far as that wide receiver for the saints. And then I look, I do think uh, that Malcolm Jenkins uh, is was an upgrade over Von Bell. I'll say that first. Uh, and also, you're at win now. You go get a guy that you know. And, and look, at some point, T.J. Garner Johnson can take over that role. But you know, it doesn't have to be right now. You at least calm down on that. And you know, there the offensive line. I would still question the payday that Andres Pete got. Like I don't, I don't blame them for hanging on to him. But paying him that much, I almost feel like. Sean Payton uh, did his agent Don Yee a favor uh, in getting Andres Pete uh, all that money because Don Yee, you know, is uh, Andres Pete's agent. So I almost feel like it was a, it was definitely a, maybe a scratch my back, but still look, uh, you know, when, when I started hearing all the stuff about Larry Warford, boy, they, they didn't, we weren't kidding. They, they went on and went out and got uh, Cesar Ruiz. And look, I feel like, if I'm going to make a switch, I would put him at center. I don't care. I'd put him at center and put McCoy at guard. I feel like Ruiz, even admittedly, is a better center and feels more comfortable there. And you can move McCoy. But, uh, you know, I, I could see where people are thinking, well, they didn't do as much at corner. Janoris Jenkins was like their free agent pickup. It just happened last late last season. Like, it's I true. think people forget about that. Like, he was, he was really good in that playoff more. game. He, people f- he was really good last year. I mean, he had uh, what did he have? Uh, four. He I think he had five picks last year uh, overall. And uh, you know he was the best corner that the Giants had, and they were still throwing at him, and he picked off all these passes. Yeah, Jenkins is like a fringe and pickup that people don't consider, but he should be. Uh, so I think you know one two, you're in good shape. You got some options. You got to figure out at nickel, and then people are talking about pass rusher, the Jadavian Clowney craze. Like, they don't need him. Now, no, but I want him, Larry, him because he's a price. name, and I'm addicted to right. free agent transactions, <laughs> and uh, breaking news uh, drives uh, this podcast. It's the, entire, it's the entire engine of this podcast besides the cups and shot glasses in my third bedroom in my house. So I need the Jadavion Clowney signing. Well, why don't they just go sign Antonio Brown and let's just really get crazy. Oh, no. Oh, my. Yes. Yes. You went too too far, Larry. Yes. I am for it. Pay that man his money. um, We're going to get back to Saints in just a second, but I feel like our listeners asked me to ask you this. I I cannot let you get away without addressing this. So speaking of podcasts, you and Jeff Duncan, you do a great job, and if – Saints fans out there are listening to this show and they want uh, to let you, they, you probably already know about it, but just in case, definitely check out Larry and Jeff Duncan's show. Uh, it's a terrific podcast. Those guys do a great job. But Jeff Duncan has kind of oscillated between media, New Orleans villain, and he's kind of backed away from that a little bit and he's kind of tried to make amends a little bit. But I'm just curious, what is it like working with Jeff and do you feel the burning hatred that sometimes, I mean, I'm guessing because you're aligned with him, you sometimes accidentally get some of that vitriol. So I'm just curious what it's like working with him. And if you feel that, that animosity that sometimes exists on saints, Twitter. 
I don't think it's accidental uh, vitriol that I get from people. I, I've been accused, oh, he's just another Jeff Duncan. Like people like want to like, like in a negative light. Like they see that, you know, because we're opinionated and we might not agree with everyone all the time. And so like, yeah, look, I was covering the bounty scandal for the Times-Picayune, like on the news side. Like I was the primary Saints beat reporter. So I was doing all the, the nuts and bolts and everything when that happens. So Jeff like, went I mean, full scorched earth there. <laughs> I look, I, I can see where people say that. I get it. Uh, at that, like, like here's, I, it's funny. My, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would have had the same uh, strong opinion as Jeff did on that, just because, like, I knew I, I was neck deep in the evidence every day and well, or lack thereof or whatever. And so, I have know, a my question. Opinion probably wasn't the same. Yeah, go ahead. I have a question about Bounty Gate, which, and you're the perfect person to ask. And this is a question that I've, I've wondered aloud, but no one has ever explained it to me. And maybe you can. Why did the Saints not push back through, quote unquote, anonymous leaks of Cirillo and other people? They just let the NFL run roughshod over them, and they sort of battened down the hatches and didn't say anything why didn't they at least try to push back in the media and you know sources from the saints say look into cirillo look into this and at least try to get their story out i felt like they just let them we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. 
And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. The NFL run roughshod over them. That is interesting. Uh, like, well, I'm not going to discuss sources <laughs> unless it's Andrew accusing me of using Johnny Patrick as a source when I wrote a story about how Steve Spagnuolo should be fired. That's the, This is the only time I'm going to reveal a source because he's He's come out publicly, and it was Scott Shanley who reached out to me and fried Spagnolo, and he was right. So it's not Johnny Patrick, <laughs> Andrew. The truth comes out. I need you to frame that article of yours and, 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 and show it for all the world to see. Uh, but, uh, but besides that, like, it was, like, I always wondered someone like – Peyton didn't come out stronger and like he's told me like he doesn't have a player like a coach's union this that and the other and uh you know I, you know I, it's a it's an interesting question that uh, may look I've tried to talk to many people after the fact this that and the other and always everybody's like oh you know this would be a great time you know like say I'm I'm at an owner's meeting and I'm with Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and it's like oh you know uh, when are we going to ever tell me, like, y'all's complete side of this? Oh, I'm the right of book, or, oh, we'll do it over drinks. And I'm like, well, the time's ticking, let's talk. <laughs> and, you know, it never happens. But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely um, it's definitely something, like, that I, I don't have my finger on. I, I don't yeah. know why. they Maybe they just felt like it, it wouldn't help their cause, that the NFL had made up their mind. And, you know, anything that, say, was leaked out, maybe – you know, it might hurt him even more. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not sure. They were kind of at the mercy uh, there. Like, the they players weren't. were able to fight and able to get it done. And so uh, maybe they just felt like the, the league was just going to uh, – maybe the league told them, like, I wouldn't push back if I were you or this, that, and the other. You know, it was maybe a different scenario. Well, your, but, average, uh, your average Saints fan still ha- feels like the NFL has an ax to grind with the Saints – do you feel like the conspiracy theorists out there are, are just that a little loony, or do you think there's some even today with what we've witnessed from between the relationship between the Saints and the league? Do you think there's a little truth to it? I think it's a little loony. I'll <laughs> use your word. I do think it's a little loony. Like people wanted to say the Nola no calls because of the league. Blah blah blah. Oh my God! Come on. No, it was your blown call. It was an awful call. It wasn't because of this. Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, you know the, you know the replay system. Da 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 da. You know they're out to get the Saints. I mean this, that, and the other. Trust me. Uh, you know I wish the officials got got it right. Then I wouldn't have to call Al River on uh, four games in a <laughs> row because that's like my duty as as uh, in the media core for this market. And so no, I think it's a little over the top, but it does stem from that. And. That's still hard to swallow. I mean, they were in the midst of a, a great run. You know, that 2012 team probably would have been a playoff team had everything been okay. 
you know, uh, you could have probably even done a little better in free agency, even though they signed a bunch of people. Like, it stopped a run. And I could just say by covering it, and here, and Andrew, here's where, like, my opinion is different from Jeff's. Look, I think the Saints screwed up. I think they, they want to say that it didn't happen. Look, that, it happened. Look, that stuff happened. And yet, I do think that the NFL did lean on shaky info from people, from, you know, untrustworthy people. Uh, and I think Paul Tagliabue's conclusion at the bounty scandal, after once the hearings, he ended it. He's like, I don't trust what the NFL is saying. I don't trust the Saints are saying. I basically think everyone is not telling the truth. And so I'm just going to vacate these suspensions of the players. And that then and of itself basically said it was Paul Tagliabue telling Roger Goodell, look, I don't totally trust what you're presenting. And so, you know, you know, but I can see where there could be some lingering thoughts in that. But I don't think the NFL has it out for the Saints. Like, here's the thing. I'll just go back to the no on no call. The best rated Super Bowl of that group would have been Saints Patriots. Like, yes, it would have been. Yes. So my, that's my argument there. If that, it, it, you know. Why would the Saints want – why would they want to potentially have one of the worst Super Bowls ever, have a scandal, this, that, and the other, because they want to put it to the Saints? No. Uh, but what, yeah, but they want the L.A. market to explode, Larry. No, I'm just kidding. Pierce. <laughs> it's exploded uh, into like – Wendell Pierce told us that. one of those gun firecrackers that you got in like the little <laughs> – the little ten dollar pack you bought from the the, the 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 gas station. I mean, because yeah, it's a uh, they they definitely overlit. We'll get back to the show in just a second. There is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing. NASCAR and international soccer all have resumed play and bet online has the best odds and lines for their upcoming games and matches. You need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devote gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnlineAG on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Larry, how would you characterize your relationship with Al Riveron? Does he hate you? We're friendly. No, he doesn't hate me. Look, he just knows he's he's got to talk to me the most. But <laughs> unfortunately for the league, like the most questionable calls come from there. And just kind of just to, to open, kind of shed a light on how that process works. Larry, like, I when don't you pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I, I'm calling Al. Like I got to go through the league." This, that, and the other. But at least that avenue's there. And talking to, like, NFL PR, uh, they say, look, uh, you are the one who had most in 2019. But you deservedly called the most in 2019. So just got to show you. When you call him, when he answers the phone, does he say this right off? You think you know, but you don't know. And you never will. Like, is he, is he cordial with you or he's when you call cordial, or is he like, ah, hold it again. That eerily sounds a little like Al River. <laughs> I don't, I don't, he's got some, maybe some more twang in him. I don't know. Can you but, get him to uh, say playoffs? 
plan. No, I can't. I don't have the playoff one. If we would have got him on the if if I would have got him on the phone after the uh, the Nola note call, maybe he would have. But we didn't talk to him after that. It was the actual official because it wasn't like a booth review or anything like that. So let me just I'll just go through the process just to kind of uh, let people know. Um, like when there's a questionable call. I ask, I go to Saints PR. It's like, hey, I want to call the league office and get Al on the phone or get an official. Well, however, we're going to do this. And so they run it through the league. Then the league calls me through a PR person and then it puts us like in touch. And then I just ask the questions. Like they know what I'm questioning. Like one time, I forget which game it was, where there was a couple of questionable calls. And I tried to ask about a second one and he would not answer it because he wasn't prepared to answer it and i remember putting out there and people were not happy but i was like look i tried to this didn't happen and so yeah so that's the process of uh of doing that and and making that done and i i do it for the new orleans market each market has their own person that is kind of the pool reporter to ask the the right questions so we did, Larry, this will be the final thing. Thanks for giving us way more time than we asked for. Uh, we did a, the greatest Jim Moore rant bracket, and it's maybe our most popular bracket that we've ever done by far. We've done all of them have been ridiculous, but this one was the most ridiculous because we actually had sound to play, and it allowed people to, that are our age to kind of remember Jim Moore, but younger people to get acquainted with him. Sean Payton, he's not the same as Jim Moore in the because Jim Moore's rants were like post game practice, that sort of thing. But Sean Payton is, in his own way, I feel like just as entertaining as Moore. You know, worry about your meat, and he does different things. How would you compare the two as far as entertainment value? Well, does it mean behind a mic or when he calls you on the phone and curses you out? Because that's uh, that's probably more identity to your face mm. in an open setting. Sean and I have had our differences <laughs> behind closed doors plenty enough times. And uh, yeah, it's uh, like here's the thing. It's like, you know, when Peyton, what type of mood Peyton is when he gets up on the podium or you get him on a conference call and. They're definitely the reporters who he purposely uh, gets snarky with. Like he's done it with me before, but then he's also like turned his head in a, in a press conference and turned and stared right at me. He's like, almost like Larry asked a question to save me uh, because I don't feel like talking to this person anymore. Like, so it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a, a different art, I would say. Um, and I don't think either one of them expect to be called artists in, in this sense, but uh, <laughs> It is definitely a bit of an art form there. and uh, But look, it's like Peyton gets a lot of that from Bill Parcells. I mean, yeah, so that's where he learned. And so that's, you know, Parcells had his, his, his different routes with the media. And so, uh, you know, Peyton is the same way. But, uh, but yeah, look, I think, uh, look, I would say entertainment-wise, Mora's got to be more entertaining. But Mora's also not like, you know, going behind the scenes and like trying to cause chaos per se people in the media which sean payton certainly does and i think probably will continue to do and you know so you know it, it's, well, it, but it's funny like I've, I've had this back and forth with payton for more than a decade where we've butted heads but but uh, i could pick up the phone and call sean payton and he'll take my call and like like he respects me and 
we've MF'd each other. Like he called me and I, I, <laughs> I, you know, he'd curse and I'd curse back and I'd be like, look, I'm going to bully the bully. I'm not messing with you, man. No way. And so what, what was it about? Tell us. Be, I want to know. He'll call and be pissed and I, he'll call and be pissed and I'll just ignore his call for months. And that would <laughs> probably drive. What was he? What's he's, like, what nope, has he been the most mad at you for that you wrote? Oh, geez. And well, this goes back to, well, if you remember, let's see, there was, uh, Remember John Barr was snooping around the Saints 2012 and Oh the Barr wire. Did, Are you talking the, about the, ta- the wiretapping? Yeah. Well yeah, okay. he also did a half hour show about how Sean Payton could be an ass to the media. Like that was his whole segment. And so like the whole 30 minute show on him Sunday morning. And so I get up and turn it on and I'm like, oh gosh, let me see. And then John Barr starts telling the stories like, well, you know, there's this example, Larry Holder. Well, Sean Payton has this this nickname for Sean for Larry Holder? Uh, he calls him NFL negative. You can figure out the the effing Larry, <laughs> and you know it's a story that he twisted from different people. He's like, that's not my nickname, and I went and defended Peyton. I was like, look, we don't have this contentious relationship anymore. But it comes from a story where in 2007, uh, you know, he was pissed off like at two or three things I did in a week. And he called and cursed me out. And he's like, you know, you're not a friend. You're a foe. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're nothing but a negative F, blah, blah, blah. And after the sixth time, I just started. And then he hung up my nickname, sort of, like through the media, it would be NFL. It's NFL. <laughs> da, da, da. So much so where when I got married, my groom's cake the nfl shield and people were like oh that's okay covers the league it's no it's for negative f and larry so <laughs> so much so where i even told, i even told roger goodell the story at an owner's meeting and he like died laughing and peyton would call me that and involved the shield and all this stuff and so you know but it, like it's just different tidbits of reporting this that and the other <laughs> he's never he's never called up a, a live show and 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 said that it makes me almost I mean, he did that to Buford Jordan. The Mora did. So so it's so it's different. I mean but but Larry, we can't thank you enough, guy. Uh, guys, you know how to find him. He's at the Athletic. I subscribe. They have the great they have great Saints coverage. Eventually the Saints are gonna have games and you're gonna want Cat Terrell and Jeff Duncan and Larry Holder, you're gonna want their great coverage of the Saints. So Larry, uh, we can't thank you enough for coming on and giving us much more time than we asked for. So guys, thanks a bunch and we will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>